Did you guys hear about Artemis? The what now? The Artemis program. The space launch system, Orion capsules, return to the moon. None of that ringing a bell? None of it ringing bells. No bells. So NASA wants to go back to the moon, and they've got this Artemis program, which is a series of launches uh, much like the Apollo program, but, you know, Apollo's already taken, so now they're going with Artemis, and it's a whole Greek god parallel thing. Anyway, they've got a new space launch system, very Atlas-like, huge, huge rockets, and their whole proposal is to use this series of launches, the Artemis program, to set up infrastructure on the south pole of the moon for you know humans to live and work on, as well as the Lunar Gateway, which is a weird elliptical polar orbit space station around the moon itself that you can when, use when as a jumping polar, off. When you say polar, are you refer- referring to like the edge or something else? Yeah, it's rotating. Is that a bad pun? It's it's instead of rotating around the equator of the moon, like in between Earth and the moon, it's going to rotate around the pole of the moon. Okay. So, vertical instead of horizontal. Uh, It's got a weird elliptical orbit. It goes down to, like, something like 30,000 kilometers above the lunar surface up to, like, 750,000. Anyway, the first launch for Artemis, uh, the Artemis 1 mission, is the test bed, right? It's all the systems integrated. It's unmanned, but it's the Orion capsule, the SLS everything and it's going to the moon and back and that is launching on august 29th this year they just announced it so that's super cool because it's been a long time coming and i never knew about it until today well now you do and for some reason this is our mic check i know (laughs) well it's just such an exciting time in space we've got jwst doing cool (laughs) things and we've got into space we've got got moon moon missions again we've got fucking moon missions moon missions let's do this Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2022, and we're your hosts, Tom DePont, Zach Mayer, and Raul Torres. Say hi, gentlemen. Hi, hi gentlemen. gentlemen. Correct. And this, dear listener, is Quest 273. What are the 10 best Legend of Zelda games? Uh, that's right, dear listener. We're going back to the well with an IGN listicle. Uh, gentlemen, why did we choose to do this article today? Because um, I have no good ideas. Because <laughs> fuck it, that's why. Uh, that's a pretty good so reason. I, I, have a, I have a question about this listicle thing. Does it have to be an official Zelda game, or could it be a game where there's a cameo of Link? Uh, you know, I intentionally Ooh. avoided looking through the list to make this more, you know, interesting, real-time Because reacts. I can tell you, I think my, my top ones may not be what you expect. Oh, man. Well, then, uh, if that's the case, and scrolling through, it looks like the case. Ruli, why don't you start out with an honorable mention? Oh, they're honorable mentions? Okay. Hey, you're the one who brought it up, dude. Uh, Smash Brothers. Um, I love playing as Link as Smash Brothers. <laughs> I have to agree with that. Link is a real fun character in Smash Brothers. He's got the boomerang. Oh, I mean, I Smash Zelda. He's got, he's I don't got know about the Link. bomb. He's got the chain link thing. That that's that's the type of crazy Zelda action I want. By so. that logic, uh, Mario Kart Eight is a Zelda game. They even have yes, Hyrule Castle. I, I agree. I think, I think Mario <laughs> Kart Eight would be on my top five of Zelda games. Yes, uh, <laughs> the sacrilege. So <laughs> uh, okay, well, this begs the question: How many Zelda games have you guys even played? 
Let's see. I know I've played the NES one, the original one. Yeah. I want to say I played I played a Game Boy Color one involving an egg. <laughs> that would be uh, Link's Awakening, which was recently remade for the Nintendo Switch. Um, played the Good 64 game. version. Yeah. Uh, didn't play Majora's Max because they had the, the expansion pack ta- tax. Uh, definitely played Smash Brothers. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, does it count? I think that's it. So maybe maybe three. All right. All right. I feel like the only ones that I skipped were the the mobile ones. So like Wind Waker and Link's Awakening never really got into or Link Between Worlds I don't think I played. I think the idiot the the idiot internet, the internet idiots whatever would uh really chastise us for comparing a portable game to a mobile game. Well, fair. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah. I think no, I that's, that's um true. what was it the what was the CG or like like the cell shaded one? That was the That was um Wind Waker. Yeah. I I got that free on the Wii U cuz I think that was like Nintendo yeah. trying to make amends for things. I started it. I didn't finish it. And it wasn't because it wasn't interesting. It's just that playing games is always impossible for me. Oh, for sure. Yeah, fair enough. I always thought it looked pretty, but I've never been super invested in like the Nintendo portables in general. Ugh. Hard disagree. Exact opposite, sir. I well, know. Wasn't the GameCube like, first, wasn't it? Was that it? one was the GameCube first, yeah. and then it oh. came to the Wii U. Well, that's fair. I never had a GameCube. <laughs> I, I I had a 64, and then kind of skipped GameCube. I had friends mm-hmm. that had a GameCube, so we would like play Smash Brothers together. So I played <laughs> Smash Brothers on the GameCube, uh, and um, Mario Kart, but never had one myself to sit down and do a single player title with you know uh we we just keep to start we're starting a podcast about zelda talking about how smash brothers is the best zelda game so um i oh, actually wait, wait, wait. i don't know if i told you guys i got i finally got all the ownership transferred for the podcast uh to do myself so i finally own all the accounts i can finally tell you our subscriber numbers i don't want to know as of this don't episode they're gonna me. drop sharply <laughs> oh but i did play the um what's what's the the switch one i played it i didn't finish it i i enjoyed it breath of the but, wild yeah yeah so fuck yeah well we'll we'll talk about those as we get into them as we go down the ign list of the top 10 best legend of zelda games um anything else anyone wants to add before we dive in no here we go number 10 legend of zelda twilight princess this was originally released on the Nintendo Wii. Um, actually, this was simultaneous release. The last couple of Zelda games, they did them this, at the same time for the, the Wii and the GameCube was this one. Um, and this also got an HD re-release on the Wii U during uh, the Nintendo drought, shall we say. <laughs> so, this one's been around. Uh, have either of you played Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess? Oh, yeah. No. I thought Zack had. I thought he had. I th- did... Did we have this in college, man? I think so. Like, I I did, I think, have a Wii for a period. So I did play Twilight Princess. And, like, I'm just uh, reading through the description they have for it. The dark, gritty Zelda game. I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's got a a darker color palette. Uh, But they correctly point out the highlight of that game was Midna. Mm -hmm, The little imp imp character that follows you around. She was hilarious. Uh... (laughs) And kind of really, really gave that title its 
re- one of its core redeeming qualities for sure. Yeah, like so I don't remember a ton about Twilight Princess itself, the storyline, some of the settings, sure, and the enemies were kind of interesting. Mostly, I remember Midna and turning into a wolf. So, should I have a um, a repeat segment this podcast about Tom rambles on about a Nintendo game, and I'll put I'll put Spanish Flea under it. <laughs> All right. Sure. Dear listener, time our unfor- to one minute. Go. <laughs> okay. Dear listener, our unfortunately recurring segment is back. Tom rambles about a Nintendo game. Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess, when it was announced, was a bit of a response to the Wind Waker's art style. Remember when the GameCube premiered? That they premiered a demo of just a video of Link fighting Ganon, and it was, you know, realistic graphics, and it was dark, and it was epic. And then when they premiered The Wind Waker, everyone originally at E3 was royally pissed. What the hell are these graphics? And now they've aged like fine wine, and people love Wind Waker. So this game was theorized to be in response. It had to be darker, it had to be grittier, it had to be what the fans promised. And it hasn't aged that particularly well. Artistically, it's all in the eye of the beholder. The only thing I personally have to say about Wind Waker, aside from agreeing that Midna's awesome and Wolf Link is awesome and Midna riding Wolf Link is even awesomer, aside from that, I tried to play this game when it, uh, on the HD re-release on the Wii U. Dear God, this is the slowest opening to any Zelda game ever. Like two hours in, you haven't done anything. Like, they teach you how to like ride a horse to, or I don't know if it's a pony or not, to like put bulls back in a barn. It's so slow. Oh my yeah. god, it's so slow. It was real bloaty. Um, you really didn't get into the whole game for a while. Yeah, that's all I have to say about Twilight Princess. Never played it all the way through. Um, yeah, I don't know. It so, sure is so, a 3D Zelda. So this this might be the recurring theme of my feelings towards all the Zelda games, but like, I've never been a fan of the gotta collect all the weapons and get all the things until you can do all the things again and it's just like that that slowness that i feel like is like every zelda game of like gotta gotta go climb the mountain to go get that sword gotta climb the mountain to get that boomerang they all start off very slow is is that a fair statement um i mean your structural analysis is not wrong but i wouldn't tell you all zelda games start off slow no if you think not having all the items is slow well then I suppose so, but I don't think that's a good barometer of what is or isn't slow. Gotcha. Yeah, the pacing is definitely something that is better or worse, depending on the game, but that's kind of the core Zelda thing, right? Is unlocking the different capabilities of your character as you go through the game. Um, It's a progression mechanic that's a holdover from the very first title, and that's not a bad thing in and of itself, but I think certain games get it better than others. Metroidvania Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's been, been my kind of like personal eh towards Zelda, but I mean, it's, it's fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a weird way it, 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 with all the other systems that you see cropping up in RPGs in general, it feels a little bit like, a uh, an outdated system for progression and that's i think more prevalent in some of the uh the middle generations where you had a lot of different rpg systems kind of starting to evolve and uh, take center stage in the zeitgeist of rpgs while zelda was holding on to this 
you know, collect the items, advance by uh, going through dungeons in a particular cadence uh, and order. And it's fine, but I can understand how somebody might look at that and say, mm, that's a weird old way of doing it, and I'm kind of tired of it. I, I'm going to disagree, uh, and maybe it's because I'm the old curmudgeon, <laughs> but um, to me, that, that argument kind of sounds like if it's not open world, then it's not modern and fun. And I just, I don't agree. I don't think the sensibilities of a linear story or a, you know, serial set of, oh, you beat these dungeons is antiquated. I think it's a different design pattern. I don't it, necessarily it think that is. means it's antiquated. It definitely is. Um it's more the shoehorning, like not not even shoehorning. What's the the way to put it? A lot of the Zelda games start out feeling like they're meant to be open world, but they aren't actually. And running into those invisible walls of progression, where you have to go through the water temple in order to get to well, the, walls, the point where you can do the next thing. Those walls weren't invisible; they were literally right in front of you. I don't have a hammer. I can't hit this fence. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair, but there's only one solution to that, right? And that is doing the thing in the order that it was intended to be done. So that linear sure. path projected over top of what seems for all other intents to be an open world can be a little bit chafing, especially in the presence of a bunch of other games that do open world or really lean into the linear progression. This Zach straddles hates, both. Zach hates 2D. Zach hates Metroidvania. Zach. Well, hates- no, but it's weird though, because like, like in the context of Metroid, Metroidvania, I like it, but in the context of Zelda, it just hasn't stuck with me, and I don't, I don't know why. It just, it's just weird. Hmm. Interesting. Well, okay, I'm gonna move us on, guys, because we got nine Keep more of these to go, and we want to watch some videos. So, uh, number ten, Legend of Zelda: Oracle of Ancients, and Legend of Zelda: Oracle of Seasons. And now, our recurring segment, Tom Rambles About a Nintendo Game. These two games were designed not by Nintendo, but developed by Capcom using the Link to the, uh, sorry, Link's Awakening engine, but upgraded for the Game Boy Color. It was originally supposed to be three games, but they were like, no, that's way too much fucking content. Don't do that. <laughs> that's all I got. Was this the four-player one? No, 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 no. That was oh, That was on the DS. Okay. Four Swords, which I don't believe will even be on this list. But yeah, um... Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, if you liked Link's Awakening, this is definitely more of that. Um, really well-reviewed at the time. I don't think... I think they were only put ever on, like, the the DS eShop, maybe? Um, so there's basically been no re-release of these ever since. Uh, people have speculated that they are making remakes of these in the same engine they made the Link's Awakening remake in. I think that would be wonderful, but yeah, these games are just dead and gone, and it's kind of sad. And I don't think that having the two games released simultaneously helped them the way they thought it would. Because people think of it as like, oh, it's like Pokemon, there's two of the same. No, these are two completely fucking different Zelda games that released on the same day. And if you completed them, you could put a password or a link cable code between them and uh, unlock, I don't know, another dungeon or ending or something. That's funny, because I thought it was like the Pokemon type thing where they were just like slightly different things, no. not two completely different two completely games. Two completely different ones. The Rod of Seasons is literally a mechanic where you change the seasons of the maps, and the other one is where you go th- forward and backward through time. It's radically different game. Yeah. Yeah, and like it says here, both were required to see the true ending to the ultimate story. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> if they're two different games, why do they take one spot on the list? Hmm. Because shut up. <laughs> Moving on to number eight, the original... The Progenitor, 
the Alpha Legend of Zelda. In our recurring segment where Tom rambles, this game was actually based on Miyamoto exploring caves as a child. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Legend of Zelda. Uh, you know, honestly, guys, we had this when I was a kid, but I never, ever, ever played it as... I mean, like, I, I did, but, like, I never, ever played through it uh, as a child with the NES. Did either of you guys have the, the classic gold cart? Yes. Did you play it? Yes. Well, you're more hardcore than me. This explains a lot. <laughs> Fun fact, I didn't get that until I was, like, in high school. Because I found an original NES at a yard sale that had the gold cart with it for five dollars. Wow, Zach was a retro gamer wow. before it was cool. For five dollars, and then I had to go find a uh, an adapter for RGB. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, the the not RGB, the RCA connector uh, to get it to work because it only came with a coax uh, connection. Oh wow, yeah. And so got the adapter for like 30 bucks aftermarket and was able to play it. Um, did play it all the way through. It was fun for sure. And like for that era of sprite graphics and um, and just weird little simplified <laughs> combat systems, it was a lot of fun. Uh, getting the Master Sword and getting that, like, swipe around. The ability to, like, spin around and hit things in all directions was, oh, so satisfying. So, so but, let me see if I can jog my memory on this. You could shoot swords from the sword, right? Uh, was the magic. one? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. was shaped like a sword in this one? Yeah, it was... Yes, the answer is yes. I just can't remember the animation. <laughs> Is that ever in any other games? Because I can't think of any of the games that I played where I could shoot swords from swords. Because if there was more of that mechanic, I think I'd be more in oh. love with the game. Yeah, it's totally another game. I mean, I know for a fact it's in Link to the Past. Um, mm-hmm. Is it only in like the like the 2DS ones? Because I can't remember it ever being in any of the 3D ones. You know, it might be. It might only be in the, the 2D ones. I can't recall. Even in Smash Brothers, you can't shoot swords. <laughs> you really should be able to. <laughs> Oh, all right. Moving on. Number seven, The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Gentlemen, this isn't a Tom Rambles. This is just a guilty, horrible secret. Are you ready? Lean it. Lean it into the mic. You've never played it. No, quite the opposite. This might be my favorite Zelda game ever. I like it that much. Seriously. Don't but, judge me. But why is it so good? I, oh, I just fucking love this game. Um... So it is based heavily off of uh, A Link to the Past. It's in the same map, but it's 3D. It's on the Nintendo 3DS. And the thing about this game is that, to me, it's a very refined version of the 2D game where instead of ammunition and anything else, you have mana. So uh, you don't have to worry about running out of... You can basically be... If you want to be an archer, be a fucking archer. You're never going to run out of arrows. You're never going to run out of bombs. Um, And the mechanic where you blend into the wall and then move along the wall does this thing that I think is so unique that I've basically never seen in any other video game where it makes these 2D levels suddenly feel 3D, right? Like the the levels have more than one dimension. You jump, you know, into the background or foreground or upstairs or downstairs. But this made it where a what is a 2D map that you're interacting with turns into a 3D map just for a moment as you move along it. And I just, I dude, I fucking loved it. I thought it was fucking beautiful and fucking brilliant and opened up a whole new type of puzzle solving. Um... I, I just, I think this game's fucking awesome. It has flaws, and I can talk about those if you want, but I just think this game is the shit. I would love, love, love for Nintendo to re-release this on the Switch. They would have my fucking money day one. 
And by re-releases, it's $19 as a direct download? Or I mean, I would take it as a direct this? download. I would take it as an HD remaster. I would take it as a fucking remake. I don't give a shit. I oh, it want says Nintendo this Nintendo 3DS. I don't... Maybe it's not in the Switch store. No, no, no. They don't... There, There's no... There have been zero re-releases of a 3DS game of any kind that I'm aware of. Yeah, I love this fucking game. I think it's awesome. My favorite line in the, the blurb here is... Uh, Fans were surprised and delighted by its non-linear progression and high-quality dungeon designs, but I feel like, for the most part, Zelda dungeons are pretty pretty good. <laughs> there are some that are roundly hated, but most, I think, are pretty well-loved. Ah, uh, the Water Temple. The Water so, Temple. Yeah, so in this game, <laughs> the mechanic was, was... special. In this game, the mechanic was you could go rent... You could rent or outright buy the special items. So once you bought the hammer, you could go to the hammer dungeon. If you bought the boomerang, go to the boomerang dungeon, the hookshot, the hookshot dungeon, etc. And so mm-hmm. that made the game non-linear and that you could just buy these and go to whatever dungeon you wanted. Um, it also created a bit of a problem, in my opinion, because the majority of the dungeons are based solely around a single item and its mechanic. And I think that really lowered the quality or the especially the later game difficulty because, you know... Every dungeon is equally difficult, and every dungeon only relies on one thing. You don't have the hammer and the hookshot, and you're going back and forth with the two. It's just, no, no, just this dungeon, equip the hookshot. It's all you need. And so it's cool, and it's not bad, but I do think of it as a bit of a weakness compared to other dungeon designs. Yeah, that's fair. Well, okay, uh, as much as I love this game and I'd love to talk about it, well, moving on. Number six, we've been discussing this one already, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. So, dear listener, in this recurring segment, Tom talks about how this game originally was made after hours by Nintendo employees who just wanted to experiment with the Game Boy uh, development kit. They started trying to recreate Link to the Past on the Game Boy and got really close until finally Miyamoto, like always, found out, flipped a table and said, fuck no, guys, make an original game. Hence, they made this game with very little oversight, which is why you see other franchises such as Mario and Goombas and Yoshi and even who's the boss wart toad whoever the guy is from mario 2 as guests in this game also it's an existential nightmare where you're in a dream and you can't wake up and everyone's gonna fucking die and an egg giant <laughs> egg right <laughs> all, I all, giant egg. all i remember egg, egg, is the giant egg and the boots that you walk in the air that's the only thing i remember from this game it was such a long time ago didn't you have like some speed boots or something in oh yeah you definitely have dash boots yeah did either of you guys play this back in the day, or maybe the uh, Link's Awakening DX for the Game Boy Color? Yeah, yeah, I played. I think I played the color version. Did you like it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, man. I played it a long time ago. Yeah, it's it is a very good game. I I would tell you that this is the technical marvel of the original Game Boy. Um, I don't think any other Game Boy game rivaled the the graphics and gameplay and content of this game. I think this game was the pinnacle of that system. I think it's incredible. I never played it, but I like this bit. New additions like the Chamber Dungeon added replayability, allowing us to create and explore custom dungeons and share them with our friends. What the fuck does that mean? Oh, was that... That's for the the Switch version. Yeah, in 2019, they remake advanced it. So in 2019, they remade this on the Switch, and they made a section where you literally, as you play the game, you kind of unlock um, rooms for the dungeons, and then you can like basically make a layout of your own rooms. And then with a code, because Nintendo's online sharing capability sucks, with a code, you can have your friends play the dungeons you've designed. 
the unfortunate truth is that that was very, very poorly reviewed when it came out, that apparently no one really enjoyed it, which sucks because it does sound cool as fuck. Really Moving on. Number five, Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. So we were talking about the cel-shaded one earlier. I already rambled about this one. So no need for our recurring segment of Tom Rambles. Um, yeah, I don't... I didn't actually play this originally on the GameCube, but again, I did try to play it on the Wii U re-release. Um, you guys have any history with The Wind Waker? I started it about like 20 minutes into it and then never played it again. I was in the... Wow, this is weird and disappointing after seeing the cool, like, E3 video. Uh, <laughs> I never played this again. Like, the portables were never really my thing, and I never had a Wii U. I had a Wii. So, yeah. I said 95% of the population. <laughs> I know. It's not super surprising in hindsight how well cell shaded games have held up i think that was a i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation but a prescient choice uh at the time i don't I think, think that it was, was correct pronunciation i don't think it was super well appreciated at the time i mean you already touched on it like there was that e3 video with the dark gritty boss fight zelda and being like oh yeah next gen graphics for legend of zelda and then we get cell shaded weirdness uh <laughs> so I can I can kind of vaguely recall that that disappointment. Um but I do like I think that they did a cell shaded version or they did a cell shaded Legend of Zelda because it would hold up so well. Uh even having never played Wind Waker, I think I still have at least a peripheral appreciation for what it was and what it has stayed over time i'm glad Fuck it yeah. exists plus one <laughs> really anything to add nope keep talking number four legend of zelda majora's mask uh this was made in less i'm sorry dear listener our recurring segment tom rambles about a nintendo game this was made in less than one year after the development of well it didn't release for a little bit but it was made in development time one year uh after Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, the dev team was like, we want to make another game. And they're like, use the exact same assets and get it done right fucking now. <laughs> uh, so what they accomplished was incredible. And a lot of people considered this to be the Empire Strikes Back of the Zelda franchise, the dark sequel that is beloved, except for the fact that the only remake this ever got was on the 3DS. And that remake is not beloved because although it did significantly improve visuals and redo some of the key models, it also changed some core gameplay mechanics, such as all of the Zora swimming. Now swimming <laughs> fast requires magic which you can't refill, so you basically can't swim fast, and it sucks to be a Zora now. Um, <laughs> since then, it's been re-released. It's on the Switch Virtual Console. I don't know if it's had any other re-releases other than that. But there you go. Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. You guys have any experience with this one? I really... I wasn't sure that I liked it at the time. In hindsight, I think it is one of my favorites. Correct. The, the moon is trying to kill you. The moon is trying to kill you. I mean, oh, the it's memes the best alone. Memes. The best. <laughs> the memes alone are, are, are fantastic. Um, I remember being super stressed out by the time mechanics uh, of the game when I went through it the first time. Like, I really liked Ocarina of Time because I could just, you know, go out and run around the world and explore. And yeah, it had that linear progression of you got to go through dungeon XYZ and then go through 
the rest of them in a particular order, but fine, you can kind of deal with that, and you got some satisfaction of overcoming the hurdles. Um, I, I think the I think the remake gave you the ability to actually save midday, because in the original game, you could only save by going back through time. Right. Um, I think the remake let it be like, no, 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 we'll let you save in the middle of the day, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. But, like, I, I wanted to spend a lot more time just kind of dicking around and exploring the world, but there never was enough time to do that and get any kind of progression. So it was uh, weirdly stressful that way. Well, eventually you can get the songs of time to slow up or speed down the clock. Yeah. So, uh, eh, but no, I, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember when I played this with my friend, my friend Pat over at his house growing up. That was that was an issue. It was like, no, no, we got to race. We got to get there. I remember, like, we lost in one of like the Goron dungeons or something because the fucking clock runs out. The fucking moon <laughs> runs into the planet. So stressful. Not a, not a bad word to describe it. I'd say. Yep. But like the the little mask dealer dude who was terrifying was oh, God, awesome. Yeah. Happy uh, mask salesman. Happy mask salesman. Happy uh, mask salesman. Deku Link was adorable. Um. Yeah. No, there was there was a lot to appreciate in the game at the time i don't think i appreciated it as much as i would have coming at it a little bit being a little bit older uh so like i said in hindsight i think this is probably one of my favorites uh would love to go replay it on like the switch if i could that'd be amazing it's it's on the switch online virtual console which if you were part of the family plan as i've invited you multiple times you could play it I think I have my own subscription. <laughs> I have you a good suck. Check. <laughs> but yeah, no, this uh, this this one stood out for reasons even at the time, and that's the, uh, that's a good thing. Does the Switch Virtual Console for N64 have save states? Because the others have save states, and if this one has save states, oh baby, that'd help a lot. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't remember either. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out was was this game the flagship one for the expansion pack, or was that Donkey Kong 64? Uh, I think Donkey Kong 64 was the flagship one, but okay. this one did require it, I think. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I would have told you Perfect Dark was the flagship, because, dear God, that's why I bought it. Oh, 100%. God, yeah, I Perfect, Perfect Dark. Dark. Wait, you, you needed the expansion packs to play multiplayer? What? To play... Oh, God, Perfect Dark had a very, very limited amount of things you could do with it without the expansion pack. I'm not even sure if you could play the fucking campaign without the expansion why, pack. Why would you need to play the campaign if you're playing multiplayer all the <laughs> time? You, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> get your little alien buddy, Elvis. Elvis, go, Joanna, go. It's kind of like Yoda. About <laughs> to say, because <laughs> I think I think that was the only reason why I never got into it. Because I I. I had Ocarina of Time, and I wanted to get this one, but I'm like, I didn't want to drop the cash for the little expansion doohickey. Oh, well, on that note, Ruli, number three, Legend of Zelda, the Ocarina of Time. Is it Ocarina? Ocarina? Macarena? Hey, Ocarina. So, um, you know what? Let's let's have a, a new, not-so-recurring segment of Raul rambles about a Nintendo game. Ruli, go get him. <laughs> I'm very bad at rambling about the game. Let's see. Um, hey, listen. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. <laughs> um, Lava is hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, try to think. 
what are the things that obviously Navi that stuck out. Um, I don't know, riding a horse that, that was that was cool. That was before uh, doing that- archery off the back of Epona was mind-boggling at the time. Unfucking believably mind-boggling. Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where it's just like Red Dead Redemption before it was Red Dead Redemption. Just (laughs) walking around with my horse, having a good old time. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember all the um, all the rumors and and like back in the day when like you had to like at least I think I got most of my gaming stuff from random magazines and bookstores um all the theories of like oh yeah there's the little indented triforce in, in the game menu there has to be a way to get the triforce there has to be that and obviously no there's not um, oh we have the speedrunners have discovered so many breaks in this game I can't even explain them to you <laughs> um no it was it was cool I, I enjoyed it got it got it gotten in the face with a sword Oh yeah, no, it was very satisfying um, being able to run around in Hyrule Field with Epona was one of the best parts. Like you get through Young Link's section in those first three dungeons, and you're like, "Oh man, the world opens up in front of you," and you're just like, "Ah, I'm gonna go fucking was... everywhere." It there might have been some parallels in Mario 64, but I think was that like one of the first or one of the few. Uh, one of the first Nintendo games that had more of like a cinematic kind of start to it rather than here's a wall of text explaining everything to you. Uh, that little Alcide was so cool. Yeah, I mean, probably because I mean, this was the N64. This was their first foray into 3D. And yes, uh, Ocarina of Time was definitely cinematic in its storytelling. If you consider the castle intro camera cinematic in Mario 64, which I, I guess you kind of would, if that would count, I mean, but this was I, more, so much more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, that's what I would say. I would consider this for the first. I mean, like, Mario 64 might technically yeah. be correct, but I would say this one would be, like, the first time that, like, Nintendo games actually started to kind of get that cinematic approach to it. I think that was a really big appeal as well. Hell yeah. All right, moving on. Number two, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. This game, guys, was insane it was badass we'd had the original legend of zelda we had zelda 2 which was a really weird offshoot that we were back it was the 16-bit era this game opens up in the night with a storm with thunder and lightning and you fall into a castle you find your dead fucking uncle and you take a goddamn sword off his limp dead body you fight your way through guards and rats to save a princess all in the first 20 minutes good god this game was badass that sounds way more exciting Yes, the Dark World. Mirror that Dimensions. Too. This was it's, it's, Stranger Things before Stranger Things. Oh my god, it was! It fucking was! You <laughs> went into the Upside Down, and but you were a bunny when you went into the Upside Down, <laughs> so you couldn't even do anything. Feeble little rabbit. <laughs> oh man, this game's kick-ass, and I don't even know what to say about it. Like, I don't have any behind this. Honestly, I don't even have any behind-the-scenes development to say about it. It's just a badass game. It was a really good game. And you can absolutely play this on every console fucking ever. It is on the SNES. It is on the the 3DS eShop. They had a GBA port of it. You can get it now on the Switch Online. Uh, They had... You can put the the Game Boy Player into the GameCube to play the Game Boy Advance remake of this game. There are so many ways. Go fucking play it, dear listener, dear lord. Oh, and that brings us to number one, gentlemen. The Legend of Zelda for the PC Engine. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm actually surprised. I'm like, wow, was that one? 
Okay. Uh, Breath of the Motherfucking Wild. It is crazy that the most recent Zelda game is considered the best. Like, that's not... Think about how many franchise, franchises you can say that about. We're like, no, 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 the most recent one's the best one. That's uh, that's fairly uncommon in 2020, 2022, whatever decade, millennia, year this is. Fuck this year. Um, Yeah, this game kicked ass, man. This was my first, like real open world i went all the way through it game i don't know about you guys i got all 120 plus shrines after the dlc um what's i know you both played it what's your experience with uh breath of the wild i think i stopped after the magnets you son of a bitch i was, was there was there more things after the magnets you're fired <laughs> get off the cast was was there more things after the magnets yes Yes, there were more things after the magnets. I don't even know what you're talking about. But like yes. more, more, more doohickeys and gadgets? There was uh, stasis. There was kinesis. There was intermagnetis. <sighs> Zach, talk talk about Breath of the Wild. Save us. <laughs> for love of God. <laughs> I, kept, I kept dying in the cold. That's, that's all I remember. I'm like, that I does s- happen. I don't want to die in the cold. I'm like looking, looking for these things and... I guess for me, it's just like also too open world. Like I hate searching for things. Just, just tell me where the, the freaking temple is, and I'll go there. Yeah, this was but the that, first game that that, that didn't. I don't need bother like, me. Have like a little tuning fork to make me go some direction and keep falling <laughs> off a damn you did mountain. Have a tuning fork. <laughs> keep falling off a damn mountain because my tuning fork was so in that <laughs> direction. But no, it was like twenty degrees to the left, and I just didn't see it. Oh no. god. Oh, Zach, go. <laughs> no, I I really enjoyed Breath of the Wild, but I like open world games to begin with. Um, what I was really pleased about was how well populated everything was. Uh, one of the struggles with open world games in general is, okay, you've got this huge map, and maybe you've got some little AIs running around it, but you've really only got a few points of interest, and those are the really, you know, special areas that are handcrafted and meant to be gone through with care. The vast majority of Breath of the Wild's map, especially the overworld, is it has a lot of that same feel of just being like everything in here has a reason to be there. Uh, even the, the wastelands in the Arctic uh, zone are still pretty well tied together by you know either shrines or little npcs that run around that are interesting um just surviving in that zone at you don't really have levels but you could call it a lower level if you don't have the gear for you know your your winter gear to keep you warm throughout that whole area you can still do it you just have to get creative about it eat a lot of hot food for sure and all those chilies all those chilies um yeah i felt like breath of the wild really rewarded exploration without requiring a ton of it um and a lot of the things that you encountered you encountered on your way to do something else and then just get sidetracked which is perfect um yeah now you could set out to go find all the shrines or find all the little uh what was the little seed dudes Koroks. Koroks, thank you. Yeah. Um, and if you're uh-huh. and, and if you're real big into being a completionist, it's got something for you, for sure. But none of that is strictly required to get through the story. And <laughs> the speedrun memes uh, for this game are hilarious. 
because you can absolutely get through the game and beat Ganon in like 10 minutes if you're really clever about it. That's funny. Uh, the physics engine was a lot of fun to play with. The powers that you get to manipulate it are awesome. Stasis is a fun, fun tool. Fuck yes. There's a lot of satisfaction to be gained from breaking things, too. Like, going through some of those shrines and just being like, you know what? I don't really want to go through the path that they designed for this. I'm just going to spin my controller around like a top and make this <laughs> maze flip me through the whole thing to the end. Uh, because you can't. And it doesn't punish you for it. It rewards you for being creative. That's fantastic. Uh, Plus now, one million. The whole thing is just so much fun inside and out backwards and forwards uh it's it's a very very satisfying game to spend time with not just beat or complete objectives but just spending time in it is is satisfying so that's an amazing achievement and that dear listener was the top 10 zelda games according to ign clearly we more or less agree with that list gentlemen any any big disagreements you have with that list the games I played, that seems like a good ranking. <laughs> Except for Smash Brothers. Except for Smash Brothers. Yeah, of course, there. yeah. No, I mean, no. I, I, think I, I think I will play Breath of the Wild again at some point. Um, and I do kind of wonder, like, what the sequel's going to be. I think they've been talking about that for a while, but it also seems like... I don't know, for me, it kind of hit a wall really quick. I don't know if that was just me or the game, but I'll give it another chance. I mean, I recommend it. I, like I said, I, I usually really am in your camp where I just can't get into open world games. I just prefer direction or immediate objectives. And somehow Breath of the Wild was just beautiful enough and dense enough and fun enough to keep me keep me coming back. So, but uh, yeah, we gentlemen, we got to get to the news. We have, I think, three trailers that we need to watch together. Yes. Uh, so, three. Be- so before we do that, uh, Ruli, who was our sponsor for this evening? After these messages, we'll be right back. Um, who was our sponsor? Um, hold up, hold up, hold up. Um, what's that Zelda game that is like that other game? Oh, uh, you're killing me. Huh? No, not Four Swords. The, uh, the, the all you do is punch people in the face game. I what? have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Smash Brothers? No, no, no! It was this different type of punching people in the face. Um, it was originally like an Asian samurai, whatever game that's just like you run around Tekken? and it's just. No, this is this is. Um, it just literally. Uh, there was another one that came out where you could play as the four heroes from the other game. This is I'm just all over the place. Oh, oh. Oh, was it that, um, oh god. Warriors of Hyrule? Yeah. Yes, this is brought to you by Warriors of Hyrule. The game where you actually start punching people in the face immediately. It's just Hyrule Warriors, but close enough. That's a fun game. I, Age of Calamity specifically, I recommend the second one. Age of Calamity. I highly recommend that one. Well, that, that would look more interesting to me, but I, like, it's like, I know that those games, oh, Dynasty Warriors, Dynasty there you go, now Warriors. that it's finally god. clicking. Yes, I was trying Muso. to remember the genre. It's a Muso game. Yep. It's, it's, it's fun for the first 20 minutes and then it gets super repetitive, but it did look interesting to have that kind of skinned on the uh, Zelda world. So, And it's not on the list, surprisingly, but it probably should be. All right, dear listeners, time for the news. Go f*** yourself. 
yourself, San Diego. All right, gentlemen, we got three trailers. Let's fucking do this. Oh, I can has links. Tom pasted to the channel HTTPS colon slash slash. Wait, I'm pretty sure this is not a real trailer. We can watch it. Yeah, this one's a teaser. The other two are real. This one's a teaser. Okay. All right, y'all ready? Yes. Let's do three, two, one, play. Don't listen to her. Have no choice. There's always a choice. There's always choices. I'm so sorry. So part of you has died. We are looking for someone called Belmont. <laughs> so just someone looking over their shoulder and a title card. Yeah, that was pretty uh, meh trailer. In another say. twenty pretty seconds meh. of only on Netflix. <laughs> Richter. I don't know. I didn't expect anything of the original Castlevania Netflix, and it was fucking amazing. So, as shit as that trailer was, I'm still looking forward to it. I'll check it out. Yep. All right. Which which of these do you want the uh, the serious one or the not serious one? Do the serious one first. Oh my god. Got to end on on a high note. Zach, what uh, tell to your listener what trailer we're about to watch? Oh no. Oh no! For the record, I have not seen any of these trailers we are watching, so this is this is fresh. Tom reacts. I've, I've seen I've seen the uh, advertisement for this trailer everywhere. I have not actually seen the trailer yet either. All I've right. seen so many people talking about this that I thought that it had already released, <laughs> and I just have not <laughs> have not really felt compelled to go seek it out yet. Uh, the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. Main teaser, Prime Video. <laughs> now there's not just teasers, there's main teasers. Before there's initial preview, who fucking cares? On the count of three, two, one, play. So, I don't know enough about Lord of the Rings. Are there multiple rings, apparently? Oh, yeah. There are... Well, it's not, is it not? No, it's not nine. How many are there? It's three rings for the Dwarf Lords, or seven rings for the Dwarf Lords, three rings for the Elves, uh, nine rings for men... And then one ring one. to rule them all. So is that 20? It's a lot. It's a yeah, lot of 20. rings. It's a lot of rings. That's a lot of rings. And the one to ring rule them all was only invisibility? Their minds. Well, I mean, it's pretty good for invisibility, Frank. Yes. Yeah. Invisibility was the side effect okay. of that ring. Invisibility and it was, being a real angry douchebag. Yeah, yeah madness and more like being able to influence the minds of the other ring bearers. Oh god, it is Galadriel. Yeah. Put up your sword. Is that Neil Patrick Harris? The enemy is still out there. The question now is where? See, I, I felt like playing in the Lord of the Rings universe wasn't a terrible idea, but I would have been like, hey, don't use the exact characters. You're gonna fuck up canon. And here they are using the exact characters, and I'm afraid they're gonna fuck up canon. God. I want a Blue Wizard series or movie or something. There's so little there that you could do anything and it would be fun. Darkness will march over the face of the earth. It will be the end, not just of our people, but all. I, I'm guessing everything here means something to y'all because I'm just seeing oh, I don't, Game, I don't Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, but with more, more and more budget. Past is with us all. Yeah, something. Is that young Aragorn? No way. 
No, 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 no. No, no way is, in hell. This is ages before him. Or we die with it. This could be the beginning of a new era. A new era! Where are the short hobbits? There they are. Oh my goodness! They're going to the Shire! I don't know, that trailer looked fine. It does look fine. I feel like there must be another one, because people have been complaining about... They made Shelob sexy? Um, what? No, what are you What are you talking I, about? I don't know, I'm telling you what I saw on the internet. Yeah, uh, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Did I say uh, everything? Don't believe anything you read on the internet. The uh, fuck? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Okay, that wasn't this series, that was uh, Shadow of War. They made Shelob sexy. Oh, okay, sure, 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 sure. The video, the video game, got the it. The video game, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. That looked fine. I, I, I know one thing people were bitching about because the internet and you know, who th can't believe it's the 2020s and everyone's still racist as fuck. People are bitching about like, well, there's all these people of different color, but uh, that doesn't really make any sense. And Tolkien's realm, blah blah blah. Like, seriously, seriously, that's what you're gonna tell me is that we're all gonna get pissed off because there, there's an elf of color. Are you fucking kidding? It is a I, fantasy I just, world. There uh, are orcs and goblins and elves and dwarves. There can be different colors of those. Uh, yeah, but they're all uh, Anglo-European and up in the, the mountains. How many people do you know that came from the mountains that uh, were seven feet tall? Like, oh my god, just shut up. Just shut the fuck up. Uh. All right, gentlemen, let's go out on a low note. What? Th that wasn't the serious trailer? No, that was the serious trailer. This is the not serious trailer. Ruli, uh, tell dear listener what we're about to watch. Dungeon and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Official trailer, 2023. Wow. Wow. Apparently it's number one on trending. D does anyone know anything about this? Because I don't know shit. Uh, I know absolutely zero. Chris Pine's in it. I only know that because of the thumbnail. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, I know very little about this. Um, I think I actually did watch this trailer yesterday. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of people in the D&D sphere of social media that are actually excited about this. Wow. Which is impressive to me. Um, but yeah, no, I think... Uh, Anything with the D&D name in visual media like this just has not been treated kindly. <laughs> yeah, what to say is this, this is like the third or fourth Dungeons & Dragons movie, right? People yeah. have tried to At make D&D movies uh, before, and they are not good. The, the last big name one had like one of the Wayans brothers as a protagonist, and it had the always awesome Jeremy Irons as an antagonist. I, I never saw that. Zach, you must have. I want to say I did. Um, not good would be my assessment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think the the gist is that people are looking at this with really low expectations, and this trailer has made them very happy because it looks better than they expected. Um, it's, a, it's a low bar. Let's see if it clears it. It's a Shall really, we? it's a really low bar. <laughs> All right, three, two, one. Click. Or just too many things. I, I, I do hate this trend of like 
trailer have a super have a super ADD shock of like all the things before we talk about it. Dude, I blame Battlestar Galactica. They did it. You're bound to make enemies. Sometimes those enemies come looking for. It's Chris Pine. I so just, um, he's fine. I just don't care for Chris Pine. I think he's pretty. So other than being like like fantasy dungeonsy things, I guess like what's what's the gimmick of even having the Dungeon and Dragons name associated with it if there's like no coherent bigger story, at least that I'm aware of? So I think a lot of this is being driven by the success of things like um uh Witcher. Well Witcher, sure, but also the well, the podcasts and the live stream oh, D&D role, stuff, they are. Critical Role would be yeah. one of them. Um, you know, when you get professionals playing around in an improvised collaborative storytelling session, cool things can happen. In but, taking but I, that, I that, translating it into a movie, maybe could be done. But, but I don't get that that's what this movie is, right? And I guess that's where I'm kind of like... The coolness of like, because I think there's there's been a couple of podcasts where I listen to where like they play play D and D. That's that seems fun and all, but like, it's not captured in. I, I mean, maybe it is captured in the movie. I don't know. But who knows? Dangerous. So um, this screams uh, like Thor Ragnarok vibes. Like yeah, rock music, lots of comedy, <laughs> bright visuals. I I did see a gelatinous cube. So yep. this. This has me maybe a little bit more interested. Pretty sure. What's it exactly that you bring to this? I'm a planner. I make plans. You've already made the plan, so... If the existing plan fails, I make a new plan. So you make plans that fail? No. He also plays the loot. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pine is the bard. Oh, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> so, fun Again, fact, looked, there, looked fine. there is a, uh, a Critical Role-based D&D animated show. I think it's on Netflix. I honestly don't remember, but um, it's reasonably good, and it's very much based on the content that was put out by Critical Role already. So it's got some source material to draw from, which I think is nice. Very heavy on the comedy, uh, <laughs> which I think is a big part of D and D in general. So. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think I've seen any of those like shows taken in a serious fashion. It's always folks just being silly about the whole thing. Yeah, I don't know if a dark, gritty D and D story would make a whole lot of sense to do. Like a lot of it, the the whole point of D and D is, hey, have fun with your friends and make weird shit up. And here's a setting to maybe play that in. But uh, yeah, without that that edge. I I don't think it would work super well. Uh, I think Tom's assessment is right. Like it feels very Thor Ragnarok-y. Uh and I think that's a good can't vibe be fun for the setting. Well, so I I feel so dumb because I just realized right now that apparently Comic Con is going on. So that's where that trailer came from. Yeah. So there's actually a whole bunch of news that I guess we get to go through next week post Comic Con. So uh, dear listener, stay tuned as we talk about. Wheel of Time being renewed, and I guess National Treasure TV shows and stuff and things that I don't know or care about. National Treasure TV show. Wow. Oh, and Avatar being delayed. 
apparently. I don't know. I don't what? care. What? We'll find out. Not that I Cliffhanger. care. We'll find out next week. Oh, man, this is great. Oh. Yeah, anyway, Zach Ruley, thanks again, guys. Uh, Ruley, thanks for... Thanks for resetting up the the PC. Hopefully it sounds good. I'll I'll judge Hopefully you and yell at you when I'm editing. Please give me all the feedback. Just on the microphone. All right, y'all. Thanks again, and until next time, dear listener. We'll talk about San Diego QQCon. As I broadcast from north of San Diego, and Zach even further north of San Diego, and Raul really pretty goddamn far east of San Diego. <laughs> Bad outros. Stop recording. Hey, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any and all views expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them. Not of their friends and family, not of their co-hosts or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Again, thank you for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. I just got bored. Everybody out.